Hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Black, Global Leader for Mercer's M&A Advisory Services Business. I'm going to welcome you to another session in our Delivering the Deal Spotlight series, where we unpack the most pressing issues facing business leaders and deal professionals in M&A today. In this session, we're going to discuss divestitures. Uh, historically, divestitures drive about a quarter of deal volume, but we're actually seeing this strategy deployed with increasing frequency over the last few quarters. Uh, we've also seen that being reflected in our research uh, report uh, as well. Um, joining me to discuss divestiture trends and, and considerations is Chuck Morritt. He's a partner in Mercer's M&A business who leverages his 30-plus years of expertise in the industry to advise both strategic and financial buyers and sellers on HR transaction-related issues. Chuck's going to share his insights around an area that often business leaders mistakenly think are easier than a merger or an acquisition. So thank you for joining us, Chuck. Good to see you. Hey, great. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here with you and um, uh, excited to talk with you about this topic today, which I've been involved in quite a bit over the last several years. Great, good. So let's just dive right in. Um, I'm wondering, Chuck, if, if maybe you can start high level, just provide any insights around how business leaders are sort of viewing divestitures as, as a, a strategic tool these days. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, in the different work that I've been doing with clients and divestitures take on different shapes and flavors, which we'll get into. But by and large, a divestiture activity is really intended to unlock value of the organization either being divested and or as part of a strategic reorganization as companies look at rebalancing their portfolio. So they may look at an operating division or a business that isn't getting the investment that's needed and they feel that there could be a better growth potential in fact, in a different owner's or different investor's hands. So really, divestitures are intended to secure higher level investment, higher level of business performance of the particular business or asset uh, that's good for both business itself and or the shareholders. Got it. That, that makes sense. And, and I guess as you think about divestitures, are there sort of key elements that distinguish them from other types of transactions that organizations might do? Yeah, so there's a couple different defining characteristics of divestitures. And I know it's easy to think that you know a divestiture is just selling a business, uh, but nothing could really be further from the truth because there's so many different types and flavors of divestitures. So for example, one of them is where it's the sale of a wholly owned subsidiary. And that wholly owned subsidiary may be fully operationally independent already meaning it not only has its front end of the business, but it also has both the middle end of the business. So things like supply chain, procurement, other business enabling functions, and it has all the back end functions like HR, finance, IT. It's much easier to lift and shift and sell that as a wholly contained business. The second flavor is more in the carve-out domain. And in that carve-out, Instead of having a fully functioning business that has front, middle, and end, it's likely just the front end of a business. And so as a result of that, a buyer's going to get mostly business operations and some of the business enabling functions, but it's not going to get finance, HR, IT. And so there's a big discussion that needs to go on between the buyer and seller is who's going to be responsible for, in fact, standing up those functions before or after the sale what kind of transition services agreements will be in place and other enabling activities 
that will facilitate that transaction. And of course, what are both the human resource aspects of that in terms of people and talent, as well as the financial aspects of that. The third version of a divestiture is actually what certain companies have done uh, around tax-free exchanges where the business is actually separated. So a public company splits into two or more separate companies in a tax-free exchange. And this is something, for example, UTC did a few years ago where it divested Otis Elevator and Carrier Air uh, Systems into fully standalone publicly traded companies. So UTC originally is the original publicly traded company, now spun off and created three independently publicly traded company. In that case, the divestiture, instead of going to new owners, basically went to the shareholders. So many of the characteristics of the first and second divestiture I talked about, wholly owned sub moving to a new owner, carve out with the new stand-up, that actually presented itself in the third type of the spin-off carve-out stand-up to the existing shareholders in tax-free exchanges. So lots of flavors, lots of different issues, lots of different considerations. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and you're right. I mean, sometimes we hear divestiture and think it's one thing, but it can be a lot of, a lot of different things for sure. Um, maybe turn your attention a little bit to, to the, the buyer side. And you think about the buyer in a divestiture, are there some key uh, kind of areas that should be focused on during the process um, as you're moving through this? Yeah. So when I think of it through the buyer lens, it's going to be really being clear on what I'm getting from the divestiture. So even though your question was, which I think about as a buyer, that's really true for the seller too. The seller needs to be really articulate about what it's carving out, what it's selling, and what it's going to deliver to the buyer. So is it getting the front, middle, and back end of the business, or are there going to be gaps there? So I, as the buyer, need to understand, am I getting front, middle, and back, or only pieces of that? So let's say we were getting a carve-out from a business where all the functional infrastructure was, was provided for through a shared service model. So I've got three operating divisions, shared services provides finance, IT, and HR, and that's not coming with the business. I, as the seller, want to really understand the lay of that land. And then because I'm not getting a fully functioning business, there's going to be a negotiation between me as the buyer and the seller as to who's going to be responsible for standing up those functions and delivering that to me. Because I've been involved in situations where, in fact, I've represented the seller where it was our responsibility to set up new legal entities. It was our responsibility to transfer the people into those legal entities before day one. It was our responsibility to set up the new HR operating systems and capabilities, as well as the benefit programs, and deliver that totality of that package to the buyer at that point in time. So part of understanding from the buyer's point of view and the seller is what am I getting? Who's going to be responsible for standing it up? And when's that going to happen pre or post-close? So it's really a, a complex dynamic that takes place in, in the sale and the purchase from the carve-out or selling divestiture standpoint. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, and maybe to, to, you may have touched on some of these, these points earlier, but it's important to come back to them. So obviously, 
you know, these are big strategic uh, important moves and people are doing investitures that are also unique in terms of their makeup and some of the issues. Um, when you think about now HR and sort of the, the role that HR plays in, in the divestiture, you know, what are some of the important elements that help to um, add to successful execution of a divestiture? Yeah, thanks for that question, Jeff. And, and I think HR right now is really being elevated to an incredibly strategic level within an organization, uh, driven by COVID, driven by the importance of people, and, and then divestitures really draw that out. So to that point, uh, the discussions I have with my clients really is around the theme that HR has a dual remit. And the first prong of that remit is to basically ensure the effective functioning of the HR function itself. So do I have the right processes, systems, plans, programs that support the workforce? So can I pay people correctly? Can I do all the administration correctly? Uh, do I have the right benefit plans, compensation plans, and programs? Really, is the structure of the HR function fit for purpose, operating well, and support the business at that level? The second part of the dual remit is the strategic enabler to the rest of the business, particularly to ensure that the rest of the business back to that front end, middle end, and back end piece of it, are the right people in place to provide for a fully functioning, independently operating business when I do the divestiture and that the seller, I'm sorry, the buyer is receiving the asset and the people that we've contracted for. So in many cases, you know, when I talked about the three types of divestitures, the fully autonomous business, the carve-out, and the tax-free exchange. In scenarios two and three, there's usually not a full complement of talent that goes along with that deal. So HR's role as the strategic enabler is working with all of the rest of the business to understand the key critical talent that's needed, support the acquisition of that talent, ensure they're in place at the right place at the right time, and so then when that business is ready to change hands from seller to buyer, that it has the right level of talent and people to fully operate. And I meet my contractual obligations as a seller to deliver the business that we agreed upon. So it's really never been more important than it is today for HR to play that dual remit role and be the strategic enabler uh, to support the overall operations of the business so the right people are in the right place at the right time to do the business of the business. Got it. Yeah, no, really great stuff. And, and Chuck, um, I did want to thank you for joining me here today. Um, it's been great to hear your insights around divestitures and I think really that key role that HR plays in, in the execution of this as a business strategy. Um, if uh, any of you'd like to learn more about how to drive success in divestitures or any other type of deals um, or elements of deals, feel free to visit mercer.com to read our latest research. Delivering the Deal, the Unrealized Potential of People and Deal Value Creation. And do stay tuned for our next Delivering the Deal Spotlight, where we'll be sharing new content and more conversations about delivering deal value. As always, thank you for joining us.